When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. So happy you decided to join us. Before we jump in today, I'd like, first of all, if you're liking these podcasts, if you like this one or the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or High School Hoops or the Funnel Down Defense Podcast, if you like any of those Go over and check them out. Leave a five-star review. Um, we love sending them out to the world. It's one of the one of my passions in the world is kind of share this game. Um, but before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. It's easy to set up. It's got great customer service, and they are always on the cutting edge of giving players and coaches what they need. And that's why I love them. They not only give stuff away, if you go over and look at Dr. Dish is always giving stuff away and sharing the, with the community. Um, and that's why I want to share them with you. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $400 off. That's right, $400 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. 14-day free trial. No one else does that. No one else gets the cell phone number and, and the email for the runner. No one else is being run by a high school coach for a high school coach. This is what, what I do. This is what I do. I'm not running this other thing. I'm not a businessman. I'm a high school basketball coach trying to help you become a better basketball coach. And to be honest with you, I've done, I've done pretty well in my career, and I'd like to share that with other coaches. So go over and check it out. And let's head off to the podcast. I really have more questions about, um, obviously, non-basketball stuff and more of, like, the youth program and exactly, like, how did, like, when you first started. So, like, I think their youth program is pretty bad right now, um, everything I can find. So, I guess, how did you really get that started and what were, like, the first steps that you took? So, we initially associated ours with our YMCA because we couldn't get gym space. Okay. Gym space is always an issue. You have to, because you need other space other than the high school to be able to, to run a good youth program. So you need elementaries, middle schools, community centers, whatever. So that's the first place we started. So we started with the Y and they kind of ran it initially so we could get it off the ground, try to get at least one or two teams at each age level. And mm-hmm. then um, 
gosh, I would say about five or six years ago, we kind of split from the Y because we weren't getting what we needed from them. Um, and then we started our own 501C, um, which we have a board and we have parents and we put the girls and boys programs together okay. um, under one big, huge umbrella. So, uh, and our athletic director is like the president and it, it works really well. Um, so yeah, gym space is the biggest one. Um, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not sure how your, how your school district works, but it's, it seems like it's always hard to get gym time in the winter. The school I'm currently at, it's definitely hard. Um, yeah. um I don't know how, how exactly works there. They do seem to have like, they have a nice website, the, okay. the youth club and everything like that. Okay. Um, so it's definitely there. I'm not sure about the gym space though. And how many, and are they boys and girls separate or are they together? They're separate. Okay. And then how many did, did, could you figure out how many teams at each age level? One team, at, it looked like at each level and that was, they seem a little low. Okay. Um, and that does. And, and what's the, what's the high, what's Menashe's high school uh, enrollment? Uh, they're about a thousand. So they're D2. Yes. Yeah. I would think you'd want two. I mean, at our good levels, we have four, um, okay. especially the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as they climb, then we kind of start separating a little. I want everybody playing all the way through eighth grade because you never know. Um, the, the funny part, Daryl Willis, who played for Wichita State this year, just walked in my room um, seventh hour today. It was hilarious. And he's like 6'8". He couldn't make a left-handed layup when he was a ninth grader. And he's left-handed. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, so you never know where the development's going to come. So yeah. you, never want, you don't want to turn kids off. You want to. The, the only reason we don't have teams is we don't have enough coaches. Uh, okay. That's the only reason we turn kids away. You obviously have to differentiate. You don't have the same kids taking calculus as taking algebra. So yep. You have to differentiate at some point. Um, and I tend to do that more at the middle schools once they start getting up that you know six, seventh, eighth. Like mm-hmm. all right, here's our here's ten. Um, and then we kind of come in. Ideally, I we haven't figured this one out. Ideally, we wouldn't have parents coaching. Um, I haven't figured out that yet. <laughs> and this is 30 years. <laughs> uh, but we do a big part of the selection process. So I have my coaches and my entire staff come in and help select. Because I want every kid to have a, an opportunity to make you know, especially in seventh or eighth grade, make that top. Otherwise it becomes this whole um, self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing, you know? Okay. Yeah. I was in the A team. Why aren't I in the A team again? And it's like, well, we're going to pick the teams and then we'll figure out the coaches. So there has to be, a, there has to be a work with that. Um, okay. But I think a key thing with, and I, and I've said this before to other people, I think a key with this is, is you got to get out. And this is something I don't do it as much because I'm too old now and I don't, I don't have enough energy to do it. Mm-hmm. I used to go out and run clinics at the elementaries on the South side, free stuff. We did Saturday morning stuff where we would, you know, I had my varsity guys during the season come in and we'd do like a free, you know, like 45 minute, like little dribblers kind of thing. Basically, Basically, got to become, um, you know, a, a marketing genius to be like honest. With you. And you and you got to make it like, you know, and that's why we moved all the way down to the. I think second graders because I got to get my claws on them before they get into hockey. I got to get my claws into them before they become swimmers, at least show an interest. Otherwise I lose them, you know, and swimmers and hockey players by the time they're, they know they're swimmers and hockey players by fifth grade. Sure. Yep. (laughs) So I really want to go down and get them. So that is a huge thing with, that's a, that's a huge community thing. That's a huge, um, it's a good PR thing. Parents are seeing you out at the games, all that stuff. And, and I don't know if I've told you this before, but it's like a, it's a, it's a five to seven year plan to turn most things around. Mine was my initial first run was a little lower, less than that, but I got, I got 
yeah, an MBA kid coming through. <laughs> yeah, that always helps. That helps a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have, um, were your numbers low when you started, like at the youth? Uh, when, when the person who I took the job from, who was the head coach for two years, it took him about two years to get to numbers where, where they were steady and growing. And then after that, after word got out, you know, we had earlier tryouts in the fall to get kids involved. Um, then, it, then it's been kind of a steady. And then, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, it kind of ebbs and flows, whether it's, you know, straight across or up and down. Yep. Uh, but it's been pretty consistent. You know, you're never going to, you know, we're a school of 22. We're almost twice as, we are yeah. twice as big as, and, you know, we're not going to have seven teams because there aren't seven, you know, that many seventh graders that want to play basketball that come through our feeder. So, yep. um, you know, I think a realistic or a good goal for you to try to get two at each level. Um, okay. You know, ten, 10 kids. I and, and another thing about youth teams is I like to keep them. I don't like more than 10 on any youth team ever. And, the, you know, it's hard sometimes with practices for the coach and they got to think outside the box. I don't want, you know, 12 or 14 on a team because half of them are sitting. I want them playing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because like, well, they're actually in our, some in Ashes in New London's conference. Right. Where I'm at now, and they um, like even so they uh, explain who's in that conference because I, I I taught in Wausau for a while, so they used to be with Appleton. Correct. Okay. Yeah, but now it's uh, New London, Manasha, Xavier. Okay. Uh, Seymour, West Pier. Oh, this is a that's a bear of a conference. Yeah, it's pretty. pretty Murphy's got to be Murphy's got to be done. I think he's got two years left until his son's done. I think so too. I yes. think so too. Uh, Shano is in it, and then uh, Green Bay East and Green Bay West. And where do the other two Green Bays go? Then? Uh, go I don't. To- they're with the other Green Bay schools, but yeah, they have Green Bay West and East come down by us. And are they so. smaller? Is that why? Uh, Green Bay East is D1. Uh, Green Bay West is D2. Because then Preble and then that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because when I, I mean, when I was coaching, it was, um, Menasha was in the Valley because, you know, I went to Lawrence, so I knew. Okay, yep. I think that's that's just as tough a conference. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is pretty tough. Yeah. But, uh, I think that answers, oh, what I was going to say is because even like uh, right now they have um, at the JV, they only had one JV team this year. And no freshmen? Uh, they, yeah, no freshmen. Where they ended up combining them. Um, partially, it was due to uh, grades. Okay. So they kicked some guys off, but they didn't. They really didn't have numbers. They only had ten on their JV team. Okay. So I, I think I and then I would say you got to treat this almost like you're a football coach. Is okay. you need numbers initially. Yep. <laughs> And then you can worry about, you know, self, you can worry about self-cutting and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. you got to basically convince kids to come out. It's like kind of like our wrestling team. It's hard to get kids to come out wrestling for our school. You just got to yeah. get, get numbers. You just got to get numbers. You got to get kids out. Because um, they have a... They have a big football program and they're really good at football. They're so. very good. So that's something I would ask. I would ask. I would ask in, in the interview process too. What's the working relationship between football and basketball? You know, I've been lucky with mine, but you, you got if you don't have a good working. I mean, that that can be like water and oil if that's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. know, we got to be on the all the same page. I don't want. You know, is the football coach telling them not to go out for basketball? Well, then you might as well not apply, kind of thing. Yeah, and maybe you got to do some digging on that. But that there's. Yeah, I and I per I'm, in in a school of a thousand, I think you can have a lot of three sport athletes. I think this is my personal opinion. Our school, we end up with more two sport athletes because it's really hard. It's really hard three. to play three at a big big school um, and be competitive. Yeah, so you got to be good at all. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, that was good. Um, like uh, another big topic I know that's going to be with them is uh, parents. Um, obviously, like just curious how you go over your preseason meeting with them. With so. The parents. Um, I think most 
issues in the world can be solved by communication. So I think you, especially as a new coach, you got to over communicate rather than under communicate. Mm-hmm. I would convey that, that I, you know, they're not my enemy. They're my ally. I just, most, most problems from someone that's taught 30 years. And I can tell you this from having, I don't even know how many kids come through my class is most problems come about because of lack of communication somewhere in the triangle, player, parent, or teacher or coach, whichever way you want to look at it. And when those three aren't communicating, and usually the, the, usually the kid to the coach and the kid to the parent is poor communication because they're teenagers. So that's where you got to kind of gap that and make the bottom part of that triangle. It's the math teacher and me. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I over-communicate. Um, I find great parent reps um, that take care of most of it. Uh, you know, they're, I'm not, I'm communicating very little with my parents, but okay. I'm communicating to my assistant and I'm communicating to our parent rep. And we have basically a triangle, then she sends it out. I don't need to be contacting all of them, but I want them to know what's going on. Uh, you know, you know, here's what's happening. We're collecting money, all that kind of stuff. Going back to your initial question with the preseason meeting, I don't do those anymore. I used to. Okay. Again, <laughs> and I would I would recommend everybody that's starting to definitely do a preseason meeting. I just I'm just not gonna because I'm too old and sure. if they fire me, I'll just go fishing, you know. <laughs> I don't care anymore. So uh that's why I don't do it. And everyone kind of knows how my ship runs, so that's okay. What I think you need to do, especially in that preseason meeting, is you need to talk about your you gotta talk about your expectations for the entire program. You have to talk about how you're gonna communicate with them. You're gonna talk about um vacation policies what's going to happen when johnny decides he wants to go a big deal in basketball but let's say he wants to go see grandma over winter break and miss practice for a week how are you going to handle that how are you going to handle unexcused absences how are you going to handle kids that aren't passing you know all that kind of stuff i again don't do it anymore i had a list of 12 things had everybody signed and handed it out collected it I, again, don't do it because everybody kind of knows my rules. You know, if you miss practice, I don't care what the reason is. You, you don't start or you don't play right away. All that kind of stuff. I just, I communicate that to them. They might not agree with it, but they've, they've heard it. Um, and I explained the reason behind it. I said, I'm not punishing your son by not starting him because he was sick with the flu. I'm rewarding the kid that's there. Your son's still going to play. I'm not telling him he's not going to play. He's not going to start because he mm-hmm. wasn't here. He missed the lesson basically is the way I do it. So... Yes. I, I mean, I would talk, and this is something I had, I had an assistant principal on my staff when I started. He was actually the one I took the, the job from. And he, we would always talk about, okay, here's my thoughts on, you know, um, my rules for the year. I try to simplify them down to 10 or 12, you know, being taught, all that kind of stuff. And then we would, you know, we would tweak it as things kind of go along. Great thing yep. to run by your athletic director. Um, but I think it's really important for the kids and the parent to be at that preseason meet. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. If you want to hear more of these, <laughs> go over and uh, join teachhoops.com. A uh, 14-day free trial allows us allows us to do this. And then subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Um, tell, us how, tell us what you want to hear in the future, steve at teachhoops.com. All right. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.